This hour of Hook 'em Up with Ian Robbie is brought to you by Viking Fence. Hook 'em Up with Ian Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Yes, ma'am, you had better wake them up, get them up, get them going. It's Ian Rod B. Hook them up. Monday, the good, the bad, and the ugly from a busy weekend. The Cowboys are 2-0. The Longhorns are 3-0 and rising in the AP Top 25. Wild weekend of uh, college football and Sunday of the NFL. Disappointing weekend in Major League Baseball for the three teams in that AL West race. Another disappointing night at Q2 Stadium for Austin FC as well. We'll recap all of it with you as five hours of conversation begins right now. That's right, five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook 'em Up with E and Rod B. Hope you had a great weekend. We finally got some rain over the weekend. Had a uh, packed house at DKR Saturday night with an incredible light show and a Longhorn explosion in the fourth quarter that uh, separated the ball game. We'll certainly talk about it as the Horns get the win over the Wyoming Cowboys 31 to 10. There was good, there was some bad, and there was some ugly in that game. Uh, also, speaking of ugly, how about the Big 12 Conference? Only two ranked teams in the AP Top 25 after three weeks of college football. Meanwhile, the Pac-12 has eight ranked teams right now. And the Cowboys, as we said, uh, one of, what, uh, eight 2-0 teams in pro football with a couple of Monday Night Football games to come tonight. Houston Texans are off to an 0-2 start. So, obviously, plenty to chew on, plenty to talk about. Five hours might be enough as we get you going on this Monday morning. Uh, appreciate you being there. Wherever you find us, maybe on 1019 on the FM dial, could be AM 1260, and of course, always digitally. We're right there for you on your Horn app. Just download that to your smartphone. Touch of a button. You're hearing our show in crystal, digital, clear clarity. Also, you can see us on see us on our Twitch channel at our at our, our website at hornfm.com. You can just listen there as well, and of course, our YouTube channel at the Horn Austin. We appreciate you subscribing to that as well as we get you going on a Monday. Look who it is across the desk. He is our shutdown corner, holding down his side of the field five hours a day, five days a week here on Hook 'Em Up from DB High down in the seven one three, and of course DBU right here in the five one two plus stops in four different NFL zips. He is the football theorist, war number twenty one in your program, but always. Number one in your heart. What's up, Rod B? I appreciate the intro as always, brother. And uh, yeah, Monday. I don't know if we'll, five hours usually is plenty to get to everything. We will not have enough time, but that is a first world problem and a great problem to have. So uh, looking forward to today's show. And before we start the show, like we do every show, uh, let's give a shout out to those who serve whether it be God, country, or community, we appreciate all those who choose to serve. We know that it is an honor, but also a burden. Uh, so we appreciate all those out there, whether it be uh, first responders, uh, soldiers, uh, officers of the law, teachers, nurses, waste management. You know who you are. So many of you. We can't name all of you, but we really appreciate you. and want to make sure uh, we salute you Shout every out. morning. Yeah, hey. shout out. Yeah, trash day for me. I had to take the trash can hey. to the curb on my way there out. There you go. Uh, the driveway this uh-huh. morning, Monday in uh, my neighborhood. Uh, he is through yep. the glass as well. Our man Ty Henderson apparently had a nice gambling sat Sunday, hey. which got him up off the deck. How are we doing, nice. T.Y.? You feeling good on a Monday? Yeah, feeling good. Up 30 units. Uh, 30 units. Ooh-wee. It's like eight, 80 in the past two weeks. So. That's right. That's well right. done, baby. That's, That's Sex Panther Pickets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sex Panther Picks. More than 60% of the time right now. Uh, we will grade ourselves. Ty and I go head-to-head <laughs> on five picks in college and pro football on Fridays. 
Uh, I had a good college rank college weekend, rough in the NFL yesterday. Mm. Uh, so we'll grade those and have some fun with that. We'll also uh, go behind the burn orange curtain this hour. Rod will have some rants. We'll do a little uh, what the facts this hour. First, though, let's start with the headlines, get you caught up on the news of the morning. Plenty to do, plenty and a busy weekend. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring them to you. Start with the Longhorns, Texas football, who rode their defense in a strong ground game to a 31-10 win over Wyoming on Saturday night in program's first 3-0 start in more than a decade. It was a packed house, sold-out crowd at DKR to see the Longhorns passing offense scuffle for most of the night. But it was sophomore running back Jonathan Brooks and the defense that stood tall for Texas. Brooks ran for a career-high 167 yards on 21 carries. And aside from a 62-yard scoring run on the first drive of the game for Wyoming, the Texas defense held the Cowboys to 229 yards over the final 57 minutes. And they capped a three-touchdown outburst in the fourth quarter that separated the game with Jaron Thompson's pick six to put Texas in front by 21 for head coach Steve Sarkeesian. I think that's what championship teams do. They find a way to win when they're not at their best. And tonight, I can it's safe to say we were not at our best, but we found a way to win. We found a way to adapt. We found a way to you know, stay composed, keep our composure, uh, and then start playing our, our style, our brand of football, which I thought you know, really shined through. Yeah, it was 10-10 headed to the fourth quarter, but the Texas Longhorns erupted for three quick touchdowns. Xavier Worthy on a catch and run. Also, uh... Then a, a second touchdown, and then the Jaron Thompson pick six. Their third straight double-digit win to start the season. Texas has jumped past Florida State, risen to number three in this week's AP Top 25, trailing only Georgia and Michigan. It's the Longhorns' highest ranking in that AP poll since 09. Oklahoma's the only other ranked Big 12 team after three weeks. They're 16th. Kansas State fell out of the rankings after their loss at Missouri on Saturday. In the NFL, Dallas Cowboys have opened the 2023 season emphatically 2-0 now. They roll past the New York Jets 27-10 yesterday in Arlington. Dak Prescott threw a couple touchdowns. Rookie kicker Brandon Aubrey booted five field goals while that dominating Dallas defense again the headline. They forced four Jets turnovers, held New York to just 215 total yards. 68 of those Came on one Garrett Wilson touchdown catch in the second quarter. Cowboys are joined at 2-0 after two weeks by seven other teams. Six in the NFC, Philadelphia, Washington, San Francisco, Atlanta, and Tampa Bay are all unbeaten. Baltimore and Miami, the only two unbeatens in the AFC. Two others could join the club tonight with a doubleheader of Monday Night Football. New Orleans is at Carolina. Saints are 1-0. And Cleveland is at Pittsburgh with the Browns looking to go 2-0. But uh, tough task tonight in the Steel City. Houston Texans off to an 0-2 start. They lost to Indy yesterday on their home opener. 31 to 20. Another disappointing night at Q2 Stadium for Austin FC. Felipe Mora had a goal and an assist for Portland as the Timbers snapped their eight-match winless streak on the road with a 2-1 win. The tumbling Verde haven't won a match since mid-July. Major League Baseball, tough weekend for the top three teams in the AL West race. The Astros, Rangers, and Mariners posted a 1-8 mark over the weekend. Texas and Seattle got swept. Rangers by in Cleveland. The M's got swept at home by the Dodgers. The only team to secure a win was Houston yesterday. They beat Kansas City 7-1. So with two weeks remaining in the regular season, Houston leads Texas by a game and a half. Seattle is two and a half back in the division and a game back of the Rangers for the final AL wildcard spot. Baltimore and Tampa Bay both clinched AL playoff spots yesterday with victories. And a big win at Dell Diamond yesterday. The Express, Round Rock Top Vegas, 5-1. They jump into first place in the PCL second half standings by one game over the Aviators. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Oh, man. To be um, to be a Texas fan now with these first-world problems, it's great. It's great to complain about the yeah, first-world problems. 21-point wins. <laughs> no, but I get it. I understand it. And we're going to talk our way through it, all right? This is just what Mondays are all about. So just to put everything into perspective, right? For Sark, 
in the offseason, one of our big complaints since Sark has gotten here is has been the second half and the fourth quarter, right? That he, he doesn't have a four-quarter team and a, a fourth-quarter team. Now, I will say, they are still not a four-quarter team. But they are a fourth-quarter team. <laughs> Second right? half, for sure. They're not a four-quarter team, but they're a fourth-quarter team. All right, so I know we're uh, – just because they are the number three team in the land, does, that, that's their ceiling. Doesn't mean they're going to play like that, a, a dominant elite team every week and all quarters. That's the that's the hope, and I think it, they week to week you hope they get there. The I guess the disappointment for Longhorn fans is if – Sark is saying they get better week to week. A lot of Longhorn fans are looking at last this past weekend as a regression because if you're building on the Alabama game, um, and that's fair, we can get into that discussion. But I will say give the man credit and give the team credit because we complained about it for, what, two seasons? Everybody, hey, man, this team does not – they do not play in the fourth quarter. Uh, with the collapse at the end of the game. We, we praised Sark's opening script for years and how great his opening script was, the first 20 plays. Uh, but we needed him to be a better fourth-quarter coach and his team to be a better fourth-quarter team. I will say he is a better fourth-quarter coach, and he has even talked about how he's more aggressive now in the fourth quarter. Uh, than he was in previous years here at Texas. And the team responds really well in the fourth quarter. I believe they're they're out. I believe they're winning the fourth quarter by a combined like 28 points so far this year. Remember last season, they were outscored in the fourth quarter in overtime by a combined 12 well, points, although outscoring their opponents by 179 points combined in the first three quarters. So my point is, give them credit for that, that they are a fourth quarter team this year. Still got to work on being a four-quarter team. I think that's the concern. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Three wins by double digits. Uh, and then, as you said, in each game this year, they've had a 21-point quarter. Right against Rice, it was the third quarter when they erupted in the second half second and three half, quick touchdowns yeah. uh, after a, a lethargic at some level first half. Uh, and then, you know, we know at Alabama, they were down 16-13 to and outscored the Crimson Tide 21-8. And then, uh, on, uh, let me say this, on a good, bad, and ugly Monday, you know, Wyoming had a real good game plan, and they had a backup quarterback. The Longhorns didn't know very well, I don't think, but at the same time— They ran the three high. They ran the three high d- defense, bit. which— Which is something so- they do. Uh, that's not something they brought out for Texas. That's something they do anyway. Well, and they—you know, Texas was—you know, Sark was trying to get the passing offense going and was trying to throw into that three high. Uh, but, look, I mean, they, they controlled the ball for 38 minutes, and we said they were going to try to shorten this game. And, um, you know, they, they cracked off the long run on the first drive where the Longhorns were Vernon Broughton got twisted out of his gap. And then Anthony Hill, the freshman linebacker, didn't fill the gap. And then Jaron Thompson, I thought, took a bad angle from safety. And that turns into a touchdown run. But outside of that, the defense, I thought, was outstanding. Um, you know, Wyoming was able to, you know, do what they wanted as far as, you know, controlling the ball. Uh, that drive to start the third quarter was pretty impressive for them. But in the end, the Longhorns were able to explode for three quick touchdowns. Xavier Worthy. He's your best offensive weapon right now, and he made you know just electric plays on punt returns and on that long touchdown catch and run. Uh, and then C.J. Baxter. Uh, excuse me, it was C.J. Baxter John, out. Jonathan, Jonathan Brooks, Brooks yeah. showing that he can be a bit of a workhorse running back. I think he could have an even bigger game if Sark would have gone to the run game sooner. 21 carries, 167 yards, carried the rushing offense, and Texas erupts. Then you get another defensive touchdown from Jaron Thompson to seal it. And... Uh, only real negative of that fourth quarter was the Jaden Blue fumble when it looked like the mm-hmm. Horns were going to go score again and go up 38-10 to 10 and the fumble on Co- the turf. and Covered uh, the number. 
Gamblers were a little bit disappointed about that. I'm going to give the number. So, yeah, again, there was plenty to to chew on and talk about and coach on, if you're Sark, about how do we become a fourth quarter team or a fourth quarter team. A fourth quarter team. Yeah, fourth quarter team. They're doing pretty good. He did that. And and I think the biggest storyline coming out of this game is is Quinn Ewers. The regression really started with him as far as what we saw last week to this week, right? I mean, he was uh, befuddled a little bit. He he missed five. You know, when you look at Quinn Ewers – um, he, you know, with the guy we saw at Alabama certainly didn't play on Saturday night. I mean, he was, uh, I thought he was erratic. He was only two of nine on passes greater than 10 yards. Uh, you take away that worthy touchdown where, you know, it was really mostly wor- X-Man doing the work on a just a little quick, quick, quick pass. Uh, yours was 10 of 20 for 82 yards. If you take away that, uh, that X-Man touchdown, he had four or five throws that he'd like to have back um, where he had open receivers that he missed, either behind them or over the top. Mm. And uh, that's what's frustrating, I think, for Texas fans is they, they see yours and, and he's an up-and-down quarterback right now. Other than that, I thought the team was uh, pretty sound. You have to give credit to your opponent because Wyoming looks to me, Rod, to be a team that can be a bowl team this year yeah. out of the Mountain West, and Try. they executed their plan. I'm going to just say somebody's been trying to tell you about that Wyoming defense for a while, and nobody wanted to hear like, Robbie, shut up. Talking about the Wyoming defense. And I was like, I'm telling you, defense, it's not, it's not a terrible defense. It's for the Mountain West. It was pretty good. I was just trying to say it. And you said 10 returning starters, yeah. the best, one of the better linebacker cores you've just, seen on film. Oscar Giles coaches a pretty good front. It was a de- like I said, they did a good job for about three, two and a half, three quarters against Texas. And, you know, I think frustrated Texas. I don't know if they will, you know, I, I, I never had a doubt. I, was, I, I never freaked out. I know some people were freaking out. I actually never had a doubt, but. I get it. And it was like, they had a good defensive game plan. They had a good, good offensive game plan, as you said, E. I went and looked at it. My notes have only four third and longs for them. They stayed in third, and they got themselves in the third and manageable a lot. And that third and manageable, they go like, all right, we can go this quick out. Where can we go the quick out? <laughs> right? Where can we throw something out? We know our quarterback can make that throw. All right? And they did a really good job of keeping themselves out of third and long. When they went third and really long, then, I mean, they were in trouble. That's when, you know, Texas could tee off. But they did a good – and they moved the pocket a lot of the time so that they can make the Texas defensive line run and have to chase. Uh, that was a, a good move by them. Obviously got rid of the football really quickly. They played a lot of heavy personnel, one back, two tight ends. Well, that uh, running back, by the way, pretty good. The kid uh, Harrison Whaley. Whaley yeah. no, Whaley's Har- no, Whaley's not bad. Told you last week that was his first game action. He'd been injured. He transferred from Northern Illinois through the portal, and he was a good play. I mean, that 62-yard run was a burst, and he, he showed uh, he's got some skill to him. He ever averaged six yards a carry. I mean, most of it came on that one long run, but he was a good player. So, yeah, well, give your opponent some credit. Wyoming's pretty good. and not, you know, I think they could compete in the Mountain West for whatever's going to be the Mountain West Conference. But in the end, Longhorns do have to learn to become a four-quarter team. There's no question about that. If they're going to be, achieve their ceiling of a Big 12 championship and maybe beyond – they're gonna have to learn to, to start faster, play better in the first half. They're work, they're a work in progress. Yep. Yes. We we saw, we know the ceiling, but they're still a work in progress, and that's okay. <laughs> that's that's perfectly fine. That's what that's why you got so many weeks of the season. So at the listen, listen, TCU made it to the national t- championship as a fourth quarter team. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what they were. You know that E last year. They they were not a fourth quarter team last year. They were a fourth quarter team. Right. They just found a way to win in clutch time. Guys, we're complaining about this team being clutch. We shouldn't. Let's <laughs> let's not complain about them being clutch. We complained about them not being clutch enough for Sark's first two years. Like man, they don't have in clutch time. They just can't get it done. Sark's not you know aggressive enough in clutch time. The players they seem to fold up in clutch time. Now we're talking about a team in clutch time in the fourth quarter that's performing. So I just have a little perspective. Well, yes, we'll get on them, <laughs> but let's open open up with hey man, this team in the fourth quarter in clutch time when the fit hits the shan, they are at their best. 
Isn't that what we want? Well, um, trust me. And the, and the <laughs> one thing you know about this team, as I mentioned, they 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 have explosiveness, right? They can explode on explosivity. you. Explosivity. And what was it with the when the Golden State Warriors at the height of their run in the NBA? They used to call it what spurtability, mm-hmm. where they can just take a close game and you know. A couple of minutes later, they're up 20 points because Steph Curry and Klay Thompson knocked out a bunch of threes. Texas has that. Uh, they have the ability to take a close game and separate it quickly. We've seen that in their three games now with those yes. quick 21-point outbursts. They've got Kansas that in them. Kansas City used to have that. Yeah, when they did. Kansas City had Tyreek Hill and, and Travis yep. Kelsey. They were the same way. Yep. Now they're not like that. Miami <laughs> Dolphins are kind of like that now. <laughs> yeah, the Miami Dolphins, Dolphins, like, a great Dolphins can jump on you quick. Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's, to me, the sign of a good team, right, where they, you feel mm-hmm. like you've got them, you got them right where you want, and all of a sudden, wait, what the heck just are, are, happened? Are the Braves like that in baseball? Who's like that in baseball? Uh, Braves, probably Braves, the best. <laughs> they jump Astros, on you? too, I mean, when they're yeah. playing well, but they're not running Rangers offense. Uh, but, no, I mean, the, 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 the spurtability, explosivity, whatever you want to call it, they have that. And uh, – uh, that can separate games pretty quickly. And get a look, the one thing that has been consistent this whole year is that defense. I mean, that defense is really good. Uh, and PK is coaching it up, and uh, those guys up front. Now, they got pushed a little bit early, and, you know, Wyoming's got a big physical offensive line. Hey, and hey, give them credit, man. They had a good, good game. That run, that 62-yard run, go back and watch it, guys. Go back and watch their left tackle. Now, Anthony Hill was out of his gap. Yep. Okay, that's a, but he's a freshman. <laughs> a freshman out of his gap. Ooh, big news, right? <laughs> Shocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's still he, he's a prodigy, but he's still a freshman. Yeah. And they and, and by the way, that's the depth of the defense getting to uh giving credit to PK. They they just brought Ben in and stabilized it. They were like, yeah, he doesn't make the splash plays of an Anthony Hill, but let's just bring Ben in. We know he's stable. We know he's he's gap sound. And then we'll we'll talk to Anthony on the sideline, get it fixed, and then we'll bring him back out there. Uh, play. So that's what I love about the defense too. They're not necessarily handcuffed to any any player. They're ro- they're rotating a lot of guys. Defensive line, linebackers. Now you're starting to see, and that secondary. Hey, to find guys they can trust in certain situations. Uh, we'll talk about it all morning, the good, the bad, and the ugly, including that incredible light show that started the fourth quarter between the third and fourth. If you were in the packed house at DKR, let us know what that was all about. Thunderstruck? Uh, Thunderstruck, Thunderstruck, the song? Thunderstruck. Okay, it was pretty awesome. Be, is that going to be the song going forward? Is that the song? Or are we rotating songs based on situations? Like, what is I'll what, to, I'll what's do happening? Some digging here? on that. Because so we, you know that is a tradition elsewhere, too. Like, we, we not only stole the LED light show, but that, that song is also somebody that people use that. So are we trying to create our own unique thing? Or are we just going to use what other people do? And I like, think there'll be a rotation. It. I mean, part of the light show, well, then, they have like the ACDC Thunderbolts. I think it was. Yeah, but the rotation is tough to create a tradition. My thing was you pick a song, pick a unique song, unique to your fans, your tra- and create a new tradition. That'll be my only critique of it. It's like, well, you're just stealing the whole thing. Why can't we just steal the light show and then take and then have our own cool song? I, I like your idea. We talk about it on the, on the pregame. Listen, I said they should do Mo Bamba. Uh, well, no, Ty said they should do Mo Bamba, and they should just buy the uh, rights to it. All right? That's so they could be ours and only ours. You could. Yeah. You got that kind of money. But, hey, I, qu- but I did say they should they should have their own unique song, though. You shouldn't just take the, the song. Too. Real quick, before we talk some more good, bad, and ugly from the Longhorns. Also, the Cowboys, how good is their defense, as advertised? Uh, Michael Parsons having Best a heck in of the a league. Let me uh, mention uh, our good friends at Viking Fence. And uh, I'll go ahead and announce right now the Viking Fence Defensive Player of the Game. How about Jade Barron with a P- PF, mm-hmm. uh, Pro Football Focus score of 90.7. Mm-hmm. Led Texas with nine tackles and a 90.7 grade on 34 snaps. He was the best defensive player for the Longhorns. And that's brought to you by Viking Fence, who do it all and have for 50 years, 50-plus 50 years now since 1972. Locally owned and operated, trusted in Texas for any fencing need, residential or commercial. As we tell you about the temporary rental fence as well, if you're an event planner, contractor, and uh, up ahead to the project, get that going 
going with, with uh, Viking Fence every single time. The same company that's so par- so great with the permanent fences. We'll also deliver every time with the temporary rental fence. 837-6411. The phone number, that's 837-6411. Find them online at vikingfence.com, that great website. Get a quote there, finance, finance your project, see the galleries of work they do, and learn all about the best mm-hmm. fence company in Austin, Texas since 1972. Viking Fence, 837-6411, online at vikingfence.com. It says better fix it before Dallas, Rod. That, yes, that would be no, no, I, I, like I said, work in progress, week to week. Um, hell, that, that's not be looking at Dallas. You better fix it, Baylor. Baylor, <laughs> Baylor and Kansas are your next two games, and because um, Baylor, listen, I, I, and you know, I, I know I've been beating this dead horse every, for a few months, but remember, even going to the season, I said the best pressure packages from 2022 that were effective versus Texas offense and their offensive line was Baylor. And I said Baylor had created a really good blueprint for others to follow. And what happened in the Rice game? They basically took that blueprint and used a lot of those amoeba fronts, those simulated pressures, the ghost fronts. They added second-level pressures. So the, 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 the blueprint that's out there on how to pressure Texas is basically Dave Aranda's can take a lot of credit for that. And he's got some veteran defensive linemen. Um, and by the way, Wyoming and uh, you know got a sack doing some very similar things with the amoeba fronts and the simulated pressures. So, yeah, you got some of that stuff you got to fix immediately. Um, but, yeah, the four-quarter team thing, yeah, I would just like to see, you know, Sark's script be what it has been in the first two years, accompanied with this fourth quarter, you know, kind of surge by Texas. If you can bind those things, then, whoa. Then we're talking about Texas right. and being that's the thing, right? worthy we, of number three in the country. And I, I right? agree with you as we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain coming up after the top of the hour. But they are a work in progress. I think like, like every team. Georgia was down 14-3 at the half of the South Carolina this weekend. Exactly. I mean, it just happens. I mean, it's a long season, but you, you take the good and then you build on the bad. I mean, that's just really what good teams do. And I like the way Sark said it in the postgame. I mean, this is what, what good teams do. You, you find a way to win on that night. You know, if you're you know pitching in baseball, right? And you, you're if you're a golfer, you know you, your game's going to be different, you know, round to round. It just is, mm-hmm. and you you got to figure out pretty quickly within the round of what's working, what's not. It was pretty clear on Saturday night that Quinn Ewers was a little off. The receivers, the passing game was sputtery. Uh, that defense was in you know, ten returning starters on that veteran Wyoming defense were sound mm-hmm. and giving you trouble. Uh, look, should Sark have started running the ball a little sooner? I think so. Anytime that they had the ball and they would run the football and stay ahead of the chains is when positive things happened. Uh, but obviously, Sark wants to to throw the football and and build around Quinn Ewers. That's the identity of their offense right it now. Is, yep. uh, but you know, good to see Jonathan Brooks in a game in which C.J. Baxter was injured and is you know getting healthy for the for the conference run. Uh, he stepped in and stepped up for another week and really liked what he did. But, look, I mean, the, the, whoever says Dallas with Oklahoma, Oklahoma's the only other ranked Big 12 team. The Big 12 is garbage right now. Mike Gundy is in hot water now. The South Alabama came into Stillwater and smacked around Oak State. Um, you know, K-State loses to Missouri on that 61-yard mm-hmm. field goal at the gun as the SEC downs the Big 12. I mean, I, there's, there really should be no roadblock for Texas uh, outside of Oklahoma. But the only the roadblock is Texas right now. Can they get to that ceiling? Because you're right. Based on what we've seen, if you do fix, you know, the script and you know play, become a four quarter team, not just a fourth quarter team. This team can uh, play with anybody in the country right now. Totally agree. Yeah. So like I said, I, I wouldn't be freaking out. It's okay. Like I said, that like I said, they, they are a fourth quarter team. That's what Sark emphasized in the offseason. That's what you're getting. Um, now the emphasis I think has to change a little bit about how hey guys we got to play an entire 
four quarter game. Yeah. We got to put it all together, not just now. You know, obviously the focus and the you know the aggressiveness in the fourth quarter. So it, I'm not that concerned with it because, like I said, I've seen Sark's DNA is a great script in terms of preparation and game planning. I think that'll come back. Uh, I think that's all about finding finding a an identity in the run game. Listen, the truth is, like we're talking about a script. Sark's opening script was really great, right? It was like Quentin Tarantino's opening script <laughs> um, uh, for the first two years. But it's easier to write a script when you got a Tom Hanks or a Denzel Washington as your leading man. And when you got Bijan and Rojo, do you see what they did in the NFL? All right, when you got those guys as your leading man, easier to write a script, right? <laughs> and I'm not saying Quinn Ewers is not that, but Quinn Ewers is a little inconsistent. He's not an A-lister just yet. He ain't on that level, right, just yet uh, in terms of a proven commodity. So I think it's a little tougher for Sark to build his script. And throughout the game, he's getting better at adjusting. That's why this, I think this is the uh, kind of the storyline nobody's talking about. He's getting better at adjusting and making adjustments in the fourth quarter as a coach. He's winning the chess match within the game. He's, he's becoming a chess master. That's why, as a football theorist, I'm excited. But I get it, the panic. I understand it. You, wanna, you want the entire, you know, you want your cake and eat it, too. You want the entire four-quarter team. It's okay. That'll happen. Yeah, because expectations are now where expectations are, and that's a good thing at Texas. Number three in the country for the first time since 09, and in 09 they rose to number two, finished number two in the country with mm-hmm. the loss to Alabama in the national title game. If that's where your ceiling is, you're feeling pretty good about that, but you're right. All right, we'll talk about it all morning long. We'll also get into the Cowboys in the NFL. Uh, Cowboys defense is devastatingly good. We knew it would be, but boy, is it impressive to watch. Uh, we'll dive into the good, bad, and ugly from the Sunday of the NFL. Also, the weekend of college football. It's Ian Rod B. We're just getting warmed up here on Hook'em Up. We've got all morning to uh, chat with you. Appreciate you being there. Hope you can lock it in on the Horn app on 1019 on AM 1260 at our website at hornfm.com or on our YouTube channel at the Horn Austin. You're on Hook'em Up. Aaron Hogan, Rod Papers. Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Monday on The Horn, hook them up. Longhorns 3-0, number three in the country. Cowboys 2-0, one of eight 2-0 teams in the National Football League. Cowboys, uh, six other NFC teams, or five other. How about uh, Philadelphia, Washington, and Dallas, all 2-0 to start the year. How about Washington yesterday? Crazy win in Denver as they rally to get it from Eric Bieniemy's offense. Looks good, making man. things happen. Yeah, they're on. They're a surprising two and zero. Philadelphia and Dallas not surprising that they're two and zero. Cowboys swept the New York teams, Giants and Jets. They outscored them sixty-seven to ten. That's impressive. Also, Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Atlanta rallied to come from behind to win yesterday with uh, Bijan over a hundred yards. Yeah, Bijan balled out. Desmond Ritter, Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield. 2-0. He looks good, man. Making make some plays. San Francisco, Brock Purdy now 7-0. Career as a starter. Just doesn't make mistakes. And they beat the Rams yesterday. Only <laughs> two teams in the AFC are 2-0. That's Baltimore, who beat Cincinnati yesterday. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are 0-2. Yeah. Miami won last night. Beat the Patriots 24-17. We're not just 0-2. 0-2 in the division. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some teams. Like Miami, with their 2-0 start, they've gone on the road. To to uh, to go two and zero to start this season, that's impressive, right? Two road wins, yeah. To get this, including at New England yeah, New last England. night, mm-hmm. that's impressive. Uh, so they're the only two now. The Cleveland Browns could join them tonight, and, and New Orleans could join the two and zero brigade tonight with their, but they're both on the road on a Monday Night Football doubleheader. Miami offense looks tough. Oh. To stop. I'm, I'm Raheem trying, Mostert because they, 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 they speed is just 
a mind jumps off the screen. It really is. Everybody that gets the ball has a different gear than everybody else on the field. Well, last night you had. <laughs> and then he puts them in motion. So they, they are actually in motion at the time of the snap. So now you're giving these the fastest guys in the NFL a running start. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And last night, Bill Belichick's team did a pretty good job trying to keep everybody back and keep everything in front of them. So it was Raheem Mostert, the running back, 125 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. They'll run the ball. Also fast. Also like he, super fast. One of the fastest running backs oh, in the league. Since we're talking about that game, shout out to the lifetime Longhorn Brendan Schooler. Blocked the kick. How about that? And they had him in motion. Hey, Bill Belichick had his own little tip of the hat there. He well, put look, him in I motion, mean, and at the snap, he was able to get full speed and come across and block a kick. So shout out to Brendan Schooler. It's only two weeks, but when you saw Miami schedule to be at L.A. against the Chargers, then at New England to start the season, to be 2-0, and and now mm-hmm. you're now you're playing a little bit of house money with two road wins to start the year. As for our uh, lowly Texans run, how about them? They started mm. the game yesterday in Indianapolis with one offensive line starter. They had four guys out, including Laramie Tunsil. Poor yeah. C.J. Stroud's back Poor, there with say, four <laughs> backups. C.J. Hey, but you know what? He played all right. He showed me. I, I, I'm watching C.J. and you learn a lot about him. I I think C.J.'s going to be all right. I do too. He's got man. He's he, he's got a lot of testicular fortitude. Well, you can see it out there, and he makes plays. Well, on a big fumble early that led to a 14-point deficit, and it was a quick sack. And, again, you're, you got four injured offensive linemen. Houston was trying to build a good offensive yeah. line to protect their quarterback. It's gone the opposite way. He had a 103-and-a-half passer rating. He looked good. 384 passing yards, uh, 64% completion percentage, two touchdowns. Also surpassed Justin Herbert for the second most completions in the first two career games for a rookie. Meanwhile, the Cowboys go. controlled the ball for like 42 minutes of the game yesterday. 42 minutes. Text Coast, baby. Text Coast offense. Text Coast offense. It's just basically time of possession. Just, well, they, they, I wouldn't say they had like 30-something more plays. No, more than that. Like, more than that, I think. I think it was like, like 80 plays to, yeah, 80, no, 80 like to 50. No, 30 more plays. Yeah, 30 like more 30 plays. 30-something more plays. Yeah, <laughs> 80 to 50 or something. Yeah, it was a ridiculous well, and look, number. The Jets aren't good with Zach Wilson, but at the same time, the Cowboys' defense is going to you know they're they're elite. Micah's going to win defensive player of the year. He is. It looks like it. I mean, if you just you just got to watch him. Uh, there, I don't think there's anybody in NFL that's as dominant watching uh, just watching the games as Micah Parsons is. He has recorded two plus sacks in now twenty eight point six percent of his games. I guess we could have threw this out and what the facts, but we got plenty of those uh, of his career games. That's the highest of any player in NFL history. Hall of Famer Reggie White. He is second at twenty one point six percent. <laughs> it's just amazing. But it's kind of like freak, we, we, man. Well, when you watch the Miami offense and its Dude. speed is like what you see with the Cowboys defense and their speed. Yes. I mean, they run. Point. I mean, they are so fast. Yeah. And Dan Quinn, this is his best unit. And uh, they're built around that. And Mike McCarthy, you know, taking, you know, Dak Prescott did throw some passes. You'd like to have back yesterday at the same time because uh, there was one to Sauce Gardner that should have been a six, uh, pick six. Yes. Um, but again, uh, you know, Tony Pollard. Running the football, they they controlled the rock, and then their mm-hmm. defense is great. Yeah, and somehow I missed the final Cowboys field goal, so I had that as a twenty-seven ten game in my head. It was thirty to ten. My apologies, thirty to ten Cowboys, five field goals for the rookie. Hey, uh, we'll talk more NFL coming up. Also, the rest of college football. The Pac-12 has eight ranked teams, and what a week there's coming. The games in the Pac-12 this week are huge. We'll talk about that Colorado thriller, the comeback win over Colorado State late uh, into the early morning hours oh, of man. Sunday. But uh, right now, let's go behind the BOC with Rod. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, so a lot of different things we can discuss uh, about the game uh, this past weekend. Uh, but getting back to the, the slow start, which I think less concerning for Lohan fans now, the slow start. 
Uh, also, keep in mind, and I said this about the Bama game at the time, this Longhorn fan, this Longhorn team has been distracted by that Bama game prior and post. <laughs> uh, and I think that's, a, that's something to consider, too. It's not good, but I do think it's, it's reality, right? I, I think they didn't spend a lot of time prepping for Rice. I, I'm, I'm going to say the coaches were overtly talking about Bama during Rice week, but I bet covertly they were slipping in Bama material in the game plan. I just – it happens all the time. Coaches circle big games. That's what you do. And I bet, so they weren't as prepared. It just shows you what prep, what preparation and game planning, all right, how important it is. If, if Wyoming, even though they played their backup quarterback, Wyoming had a really good game plan. Rice had a really good game plan versus Texas. I also think Texas was distracted during both of those weeks by the Bama game, pre and post, because of your big you know, uh, win. I think there was a lot of celebration, a lot of patting on the back. That's why they had the team meeting. And I don't know if the team meeting had the effect that they were the players only meeting. I don't know if it had the effect that they wanted. But it's obvious the team was distracted by Bama both of those weeks. That won't be the case now going into Big 12 play. Now I'm sure the reality has set in that, hey, man, if you guys don't come out there prepared and ready to go and focused the entire four quarters, hey, man, in Big 12 play, this dream could all be over. <laughs> right, all your, you know, all the goals that are in front of you, you know, that could be dashed, uh, all because the team didn't come out focused. So I, I would, I think the Bama game now being so much, it so far in the rearview mirror is going to be really good for this team because it was. Well, it was, you kind of that kind of feels like man. the uh, the Texas OU game, right? I mean, it's yeah, just it's it, one of those you're gonna <laughs> the the hype leading up to it, and then oh, the, man. the come down and do you let down afterwards? And that's always a fear with that Red River game. The Alabama game was was on that level, right? Yes, with, with, agreed. With college game day and the hype and the pomp and the circumstance, and then the fourth quarter. So yes, a natural letdown, human nature. Same time, um, you know, they they still won by twenty one points. They still won exactly because I mean, they're a fourth quarter team. Yeah, <laughs> but not a fourth quarter team yet. We'll get um, there. We'll yeah. get there. Uh, okay, so defensively, uh, what Wyoming did that long, and, I, and we talked about. It, as I said d- defensively, they had some guys who actually were good players. Easton Gibbs, talking about all conference players for the Mountain West, probably three or four of those guys on their defensive front alone. Um, and their weakness was their secondary. I think Sark tried to attack the weakness. I think his game plan was about attacking what their weakness and matched up against his strength and the strength of Texas offense is their identity. Uh, and we've talked about it. It's their passing game, right? Cause they have so many weapons in the passing game. No team can really match up to those. The, but the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams, Oscar, the B size, Megan, the stadium size, but is that Wyoming does run that three high defense, the dreaded three high defense. That's, that's really compatible with Sark's offense. Strangely enough, we've talked about the trickle-up effect of this three-high defense, which has been around since, I think, 2016. It was the first time it, it was spotted, so not even 10 years it's been around. Uh, I watched uh, Bill Belichick run it against the Miami Dolphins early on. I watched the Vikings uh, pull it out against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles last week. And they ran um, a lot of the uh, same, the three high concepts. And Philadelphia ran the football, had a career day for DeAndre Swift. They ran the hell out of the football. Uh, and that, that was their solution, power of football. And Sark's kind of solution was to kind of go back to power football in the second half. Played a lot of heavy sets. And one drive in the first half. And one drive in the first half. That 17-play drive. Yeah, exactly. He went to more heavy sets and decided, man, we're going to pound the rock. That's what Philly, So there are, there are different ways that you can, fig, how to, you can expose the three high. And that is one of them. 
also, and I think Sark, by the way, I think Sark's been working on it. Just between us, my football theory, uh, I'm a football investigator. All the clues tell me he's, uh, he's got a plan for it. And I'll get into that later on in the week. It's the plan. He's got a plan for it. He was forced, and my man Ian Boyd brought this up on the uh, your in-game live watch. Uh, e, that you did a great job on, by the way. Thank you. Uh, for on Texas football, that they had to reveal some of those little tidbits versus Wyoming. And I don't think Sark thought he was going to have to. <laughs> He's like, damn it, I don't want to have to throw out, th- reveal this concept uh, that I had researched and I had created just to penetrate and expose the three high. But he had to. And we'll get into some of that later on, too. Uh, but there is no doubt he took the the Philadelphia Eagles mentality versus the three high in this game. It's not going to always work like that for every every team that throws it out there, but it worked like that for Wyoming. And also when you saw that Bill Belichick used it versus the uh, Miami Dolphins, it also matches up well with RPO-based offenses, right? And Philadelphia Eagles run a lot of RPOs. Miami Dolphins run a lot of RPOs. Talking about top five RPO-based offenses probably in, in, in the NFL right now. And it matched up well with our purpose because it distorts your the pre-snap read for the quarterback who's trying to count the numbers in the box, whether they have the advantage, they hand it off. If they don't, they throw it to the tag. So that's part also why even in NFL, they're running out of them because you go up against an RPO-based offense, which Sark's offense is, it'll confuse and distort the pre-snap read for the quarterback. It's a truth that tells a lie. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, the fact that they could line up and run the football, I mean, that was a big question of the yeah. offseason without Bijan and Roshan. Could they do that? Uh, and they showed it with John, with Jonathan Brooks, and I think they'll be even better at it when they get C.J. Baxter. Because, look, you, I mean, one thing that Sark needs to stop saying is, you know, we saw a defense we hadn't seen on film. <laughs> Maybe Wyoming hasn't done it a lot this year. Same time, you have to start expecting because it's giving you problems. They, Teams they, are going to going to move to that because it's something that you struggle with. They, they run the three. Huh? That's what they run. I know. Yeah. Uh, Sark has now said that two or three times. Well, we just didn't <laughs> see that defense. But they, they on may film. run a different pressure package off of it uh, on a different coverage from it. So that's probably what he means. They they he, sure. he's definitely seen that. Well, before. and and I think you're right. We said all last week. You you know. Work on the passing game. The script will probably try to attack that Wyoming secondary, which it did. was their weakest unit. Yep. And his quarterback was off. And his receivers were off. The passing game just sputtered. We said that last week. You're mm-hmm. going to have times. And the, the fact they could turn around and hand it to, to Brooks and run the football. The big stat right now, we'll get to our what the facts coming up for the, the top facts. of the hour, Rod. But the stat that, that this concerns me as a Texas observer is, I got a bunch. Which one do you concern? Well, the one that most concerns me right now is they head into conference play. I got a bunch. Is their third down percentage, yes, right? Yes, downs. Yes, thank they're, you They're only much. 37% on third yes. down. Yes, sir. Uh, that has to improve. Yep. Uh, because to me, third down, I always go to third down as a stat and a metric because mm-hmm. it tells me if you're good on first or second down, if you have a high percentage on third down. Yep. Uh, and you also have a quarterback who can convert on third down. They were terrible on third downs the other night. They um, were. And Quinn... Uh, mm. And they were behind the chains again. I know you'll have the numbers on that, but they were they are five of eight on fourth down, and they broke out the Savion Red package, the Wildcat package on Saturday night. Ooh, the Red Cat, the Red Cat, which we like, and that's <laughs> a that's a, a novel, an innovative thing to it is. Uh, put on tape as you head into conference play. And as you always say to me, Rod, and we'll pick this up on the other side throughout the morning, the more you can make your opponent prepare for. The tougher it is because, Amen. and the Longhorns have a lot of versatility. They can go empty and throw the ball over the place. They can line up in six offensive linemen and pound the rock. Now they've got this wildcat package that you've got to deal with. They're putting twig. I don't know what that 
reverse pass on third and one was from Sark on Saturday, Ooh. but that's that's one I would put away. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're giving their opponents a lot to deal with and prepare for week to week, uh, right going into conference play. You don't know what that's about. See, y'all are not paying attention to Sark. Sark y'all don't say, there's a showman in Sark. I know that. There's he, a showman in him. And he actually gets frustrated, by the way, a lot of recruits on the sideline who may have been a little bored. <laughs> with the with, with the game plan, right? You think about it, you running sixty times. Those recruits on the on the sideline, and Jerry brought this up too. A lot of wide receiver recruits. They're like, man, what the hell? <laughs> this is what the offense gonna be? Uh, you know, come on. So uh, there's a showman in Sark. Sark wants to bring the crowd to their feet. It, trust me, it was it was disappointing to Sark that he couldn't make, give some big have some big plays in the passing game to bring the crowd to their feet. Uh, you know, first time welcoming their team back since that Bama big Bama win. And I think even that play, you talk about double reverse pass on third and one. On third and one, he, when you're running for like eight yards to carry, <laughs> there's a, there's a showman in Sark, and every now and then he's like, ooh, is he's, he's itching to to bring the crowd to their feet? And I, I'm not mad at him. That's part of what makes him kind of spectacular too as a player caller is that he does sometimes have it that. works sometimes it works you and you're brought to your feet and then every night you go 60 percent of the time <laughs> it works all the time all right rod we'll come exactly. back we'll get to what the facts uh from around the sports world we'll also get a rod's rant early next hour the headlines cowboys are two and oh longhorns are three and oh it's good times there's also some bad and some ugly on a monday here on hook em up aaron hogan rod babers hook em up 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Hook them up, Ian Rodby. Good times if you're a Cowboys and a Longhorns fan. Cowboys have outscored their opponents by 60 points in a 2 0 star. That's good. Longhorns have uh, three double digit wins. They've scored 21 points in a quarter in each of the three games. They're explosive. Not a, not a finished product, as we say, work in progress, but they can explode on you pretty quickly. And as I mentioned, Rod, it's time for What the Facts. What Just the, the facts. facts and facts from around the sports world, including the Longhorns. I mentioned they're struggling on third down offensively. Their defense, Rod, is getting off the field. Uh, opponents against Texas just 13 for 41 on third downs. It's a 31% clip. Uh, that defense is finding ways to get off the field, force the issue. Um, and PK, you know, we talked about when he was at Boise State, then Washington, mm-hmm. by his third year, his teams were playing as a top 10 defense in the country. Longhorns are getting themselves towards that. Uh, on that side of the football, and I know you're a big Jade Barron fan. You have been. He stepped oh, up in a big way on Saturday. That guy's a really good player. He is a great player. I know. I, th- I, I picked him. I think he's going to be a first-team All-Big 12 defender. We'll see. Start conference play. But he's trending in the right direction. Got the pick versus Alabama uh, in this game. Had, was it nine tackles, seven, six solo? Yeah, he's one only PB. on the field for like 33 snaps. Dude, he – exactly. <laughs> and he has a 92, you know, PFF grade, uh, you know, play, play yeah, football he, focus grade. Highest graded Longhorn defensive player on Saturday. That was yeah. my pick for player of the game. Yes, it was. Shout out to my man Ty. You yeah, how was Mockingbird Saloon? Fantastic. I was, able, I was to, I attended a wedding on Saturday night in Dallas, up in the Metroplex, actually northeast Dallas, way up there, and um, good time. So I got to. Uh, I had to miss the Mockingbird. It was a good crowd. Sounded like it. I listened to some of it. No, it was a good crowd. Good show. Patrick uh, and Ty did a great job. Nolan Hogan, the seed, produced the show. Did yeah, a good job son. too. Yeah, they're doing his job on I'm, the board I, here. I made it to the game. Before kickoff, like at kickoff, as kickoff was happening too. Nice. It was wow. a. It, yeah. It was. It was a. 
I was stressed out getting in there. Really? But I, I sprinted to you, the stadium. stadium. <laughs> you made oh, sweaty. Yeah, a little sweaty getting in there. Well, because I packed up all the stuff. We got done at 6. So you packed up all the stuff. And then I guess you, you walked? Like you, I drove my buddy's oh, okay. has a house on Duval Street, and I ran from Duval Street all the way to the stadium. Awesome. Awesome. Man. Yeah. I well, appreciate everybody that came out to that. That and, was good uh, stuff. You know, we'll, we'll have more to come this week with a road game at Waco. We actually stopped <laughs> and we had lunch in Waco um, on our way up to the, to the wedding rod. And right by the stadium, I didn't even realize the Baylor game started when it did. But they were they were barely up on Long Island University. It was like thirteen mm. to six at the half or something yeah. like that. Dave Aranda's team he looking good, struggling. That's who the long ones will open with. We'll learn more about them. Cowboys seventy points and have allowed ten so far through two games. Are the fifth team in the Super Bowl era, Rod? And a what the facts to score seventy points and allow ten or fewer in their first two games? Fifth team, twenty nineteen Patriots, twenty seventy Lions or nineteen seventy Lions. The 1967 Raiders and the 66 Oilers. Ooh, nice. Love you, Blue. Love you, Blue. Yeah. I like that. Well, before well, it probably that, wasn't 66. probably before that. Yeah, it probably wasn't the uh, Love You, Blue Oilers. Um, okay, I got a fact here. Um, number 13, Alabama, uh, in the in the latest poll, sort of out of the top 10 for the first time since 2015. Alabama They've streak got a quarterback problem. of 100. Yes, they do. Alabama streak of 128 straight weeks in the top 10 is over. It was the second longest streak ever. The last time Alabama was out of the top ten, September of 2015, uh, the Tide went on to win a national title that year. So, but still, that's wild. Yes, that is unbelievable. They've got they got they're, times they're changing. Though. Well, they were at South Florida with the, one of those weird true road games. But I'm, I'm sure Nick Saban likes playing games in Florida for recruiting purposes. But played in Tampa, and there was three to three going into the fourth quarter. Mm. And they won the game, four, uh, scored two touchdowns in the fourth, and went at 17-3. They would use two different quarterbacks. Tyler Buckner was not good. Uh, they went to the freshman Ty Simpson in that game. Bama's got issues at the quarterback position. You know who doesn't have issues at the quarterback position? Colorado. Shadur Sanders can play, Rod. He's a baller. He is a baller. And yeah. it looked bleak for Colorado. You had to stay up late to see that game. Oh, I stayed up. Me too. Late. I stayed up. It was worth it. You know where we watched that game after the, the wedding was over? Uh, they kicked everybody out there about 10.30 where I was. What's that? Um, the only thing open in this little town we were in, in east east of Dallas, <laughs> Applebee's. Oh, nice! Yeah, the Crapplebee's <laughs> was was popping, at, and, and the Applebee's. The Applebee's. Get some dollar Jello shots or what? No, we just said the bar, the bar was open until two. Everything else, and we were like, well, beautiful. It's your neighborhood bar. Come on, Applebee's. come on, man! And it was right out, out like it was like in the hotel parking lot we were at. That's legit. And so we watched that game, and you know, <laughs> shame on uh, on Colorado State and Jay Norvell. They were taking cheap shots in that game. Uh, there were some some very very questionable. Yeah, a shot on Travis Hunter. Who's, who's going to miss the next couple of games. And by the way, they play Oregon yeah. this week. Yep. Uh, he had to go to the hospital after that game, Travis Hunter. There was also a cheap shot on Shador Sanders in, in the overtime. But man, they were oh, down. they kicked him out for that, though. He got ejected, right? Rightfully. Yeah, he got ejected Rightfully. for that. So. so they were down 28-17, Colorado. And um, unbelievable comeback, including a 98-yard drive to and the two-point conversion to force overtime. Then they win it in overtime. And that was the difference in the game was – Colorado State had 17 penalties, Rod. 17 no, penalties was, in the game. They, they had no business winning that game. <laughs> when you when you go back and watch it, but it seems like this is the year for for Colorado. And yeah, that was a, that was one of the best games I've watched in a long time. It really was. And give Jay Norville credit um, because I think people thought Jay Norville was gonna get blown out. What were they a 21 point dog? 21 yeah, point dog. By the way, Colorado is a three give touchdown dog at Colorado Saturday already. Vegas has made that a 20 and a half opening line. What? Oh, hold up. To Oregon? Colorado at Oregon. They're, they're, wow, a 20-point dog. Yep. Those, those lines of scrimmages are going to dominate Colorado. That's true. And no, but no Travis Hunter either. 
You're not your best cover guy. And they haven't even disclosed what that injury is yet. Yeah. I, it, that, you can see not having Travis Hunter hurts him. It does. Well, he's our he's best, well, he's cover, our best he's player our best on both receiver. sides of the field. He's the best receiver and the best cover guy. Yeah, it's so a no huge doubt. loss. Um, that, that, oh, by the way, that Colorado, Colorado State game, easily the most viewed college football game of the day, even though it had a 10 p.m. kickoff. Isn't that crazy? Didn't end until 1.30. Everybody, yeah, everybody stayed up late to watch the <laughs> I was at Don's Depot. Like, how is this game still going on right now? Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah, I think it ended like 1.35. People can't get time. enough. And it's still I – would, I would love to see how often the number one rated uh, most viewed college football game of the weekend had – well, oh, basically was that late into the, into the night, into the next morning, I guess. Never. Right? Maybe like two times besides this. No summer. way. This guy's instant ratings. It's crazy. It is. Well, he's also instant business. You know the whole sunglasses flap? You were right. You hit it. I know. Yeah. Deion Sanders has his own custom sunglass line. Mm-hmm. I worked some. Blender's eye. Well, you did. Yep. You weren't the only one. Yep. Yeah. Unbelievable. You, you it was like $1.2 million in the first day. Yeah. And no. $1.2 million in sales in one day last week, those, day. those sunglasses. And this, by the way, adds a little bit of credence to my theory that Dion is talking to these coaches beforehand. It, this is marketing. Man. That this does is, seem like This is marketing. Right? You tell me, me that time Jay was, Norvell would mention sunglasses. Come on. What's that time? How, what, what a coincidence. I'm sure Dion cut him in on the deal, too. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, Jay, 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 what are you making at, at, at uh, Colorado State? I can, what if I can get you a, get you a little bump? A little piece. Come on, man. You went in on the blender sunglasses? Just pop me a pop off about the glasses. We'll see if this, uh, this was it Joe? What's his name? Lanning? Dan Lanning? Dan Lanning. We'll see if Dan Lanning says something. <laughs> about, about, some, coach. about a hoodie or something like that, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd never wear a hoodie around. Oh, take your hood off, Dion. He's so selling hoodies all He was talking in the offseason. They've already pulled up a bunch of clips of him. Yeah. And him yeah. Well, that trash. was when Colorado left the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, when Talking about what about. have they done? Oh, they'll play it. Oh yeah, oh they'll yeah. Dion might start piping down though. He was a little scared that game. <laughs> They're three touchdown dogs. <laughs> yeah, hey, we'll come back. That's one hour of our five here on Hook 'Em Up. We go five hours a day, five days a week. We're just getting warmed up on a Monday. Hook 'em.